I'm pretty sure you don't know this one. It's really exciting. Do you know what Lethal Weapon and Point Break have in common? Gary Busey. They do. Damn it, that's true, but that wasn't <laughs> what I was going for. No. Uh, let me, can I rephrase my question? Other than the tasteful work of Gary Busey, do you know what Point Break and Lethal Weapon have in common? No. Okay. Do you remember the beginning of Lethal Weapon when Riggs is undercover in the Christmas tree lot? So Blackie Dammit, also known as John Kiedis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's his name, Blackie Dammit. That's the worst name ever. That's, I didn't give is him the name. name. John Kiedis, he is the drug dealer who's wearing the plaid shirt that uh, Riggs takes hostage, basically, at the end, puts the gun to his head. Yeah. That is the father of Anthony Kiedis, who was Red Hot Chili Peppers and obviously was one of the gang members in Point Break. Yeah, War Child. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. It's really cool. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, the only thing lethal about the mortgage industry is if you don't go to Sonic Loans. There's a lot of lethal. You things. wanna jump? <laughs> Do you wanna Do jump? Do you wanna jump? <laughs> Charlie and Sonic Loans, the team over there, they are gonna make sure that you get the best possible loan you can. What better way to start off 2023 than to get out of your horrible mortgage? Get into a better mortgage, refi the one you have, or if you're buying a new house, 30 year, 15 year, adjustable, fixed. You gotta have a Sherpa to navigate through this wild world. When you have the wrong mortgage, you can't afford fancy things like a boat, a nice house. And a dry boat. Uh, reach out to Charlie and his team today. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to love your experience. It's not just going to be fun. It's going to be the best experience. It's going to be Lethal Weapon 2. Reach out yeah. to them today and let them know we sent you and they'll take care of you. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. 
Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation. Call 248-595-0001. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and they will get you out of trouble for doing a variety of things. Let's say that you're just hanging out with your friends at the Christmas tree lot, trying to sell some trees and a (laughs) pound of Bolivian snow. They are going to get you. Oh, hey. If you want to sue your boss for putting a lighter on your arm. Yes. Yes. Workplace (laughs) harassment. That's what they call that. Uh, Reach out to Ian and his team. They are going to help you with anything you need help with. They're the best. They're aggressive. They're efficient. Bird law, real estate law. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. They're going to get you through your case. Put them on retainer. Get ready to win. Winning. We're all about winning in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Victory. Max, (laughs) call Bolton Legal Group right away and let them help you with your case. Uh, They will win because the winning is what they do. They win in the end. Today's episode, Lethal Weapon. What better way to kick off 2023 than to revisit Richard Donner's second best film ever, The Goonies, of course, being the first. Riggs, Murtaugh, and of course, Mr. Joshua. I like my Busey burning his arm with a lighter or telling Utah to give me two. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we'll deep dive into the buddy cop film that set the bar for all buddy cop films, 1987's Lethal Weapon. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the Riggs to my Murtaugh, Max Sanders. And with that, I'm too old for this sh- yeah, you are. Yeah. You're elderly now. I just had a birthday. You did. What was you, it, 49? 44. You, unlike me, remembered my birthday, so thank you. I, again, <laughs> forgot yours. You paid for lunch, though. I did buy you lunch today. I'm good with that. Well, as long as we're even. Oh, I want to make you feel worse. Oh, God. One of our fans sent me a gift for you for your birthday. I couldn't what? give it to you in time. Do you you have, ready? Do I do. Have, oh, you have it? You want me to rustle around? It's, it's going to sound weird. Okay. You're not going to pull out a weapon and shoot me, are no. you? Hold on, hold on. I'm not looking. I want to I walk people through what you're doing. Hear the crunchiness. There's crunchiness. Max has a bag. I don't know what's in the bag. This is from Edwin Pratt. Edwin Pratt. Oh, Edwin. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. He to wants some money on gambling. He's like, what do you guys want? I'm like, I'm good, but what, Mo wants what, this. Does he gamble? What's he gambling? The, they play the ponies? Uh, I think football. Shut up. And he did well. All right, give me my yeah. gift. Yeah. Shut the hell up right now. Oh, my God. What could it be? Oh, man, this is best. Oh, you wanted oh, it forever. Oh, Daddy, like. Oh, put it on right now. So nice. I don't want to say what it is because I want to give that gift to you. Edwin... One of our biggest fans, supporters of the show, since we don't have video coverage, just to tell you what I just unboxed and I'm wearing right now, and it fits so good. The Detroit Lions Letterman jacket from Beverly Hills Cop. Incredible. Not obviously the original, because he would then be the host of the show. I would throw <laughs> you off the show. A replica, but it is now forever in my collection. Of, it's got the number 67 on the side, too, yeah, and all that good stuff. Yeah, it does. Who is, who is that? Do you know? I think we looked, and it was some weird thing where the guy was only on the roster for that one year. It's like a very random, not it popular is. number. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, that makes it better. It does. Yeah. Uh, that's the nicest gift anyone's ever given me. Wow. Yeah. Because it hits me right in the heartstrings. Yeah. So my birthday was December 30th. By the way, welcome to the show, Max. <laughs> my birthday was December 30th. We had Hanukkah, Christmas, all that jazz. My wife claims I'm very difficult to buy things for, but that's because she doesn't try as hard as Edwin. <laughs> and this is the best gift I've gotten all year. 2023 is already a banger because of that jacket, which will be worn literally every time we record the show. No putting bananas in my tailpipe. Oh, put the banana in the tailpipe. 
Edwin, I don't even know what to say, man. That was uh, exceptionally kind. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to have to come up with a nice reciprocal gift because I, too, have been making some gambling bets on those Detroit Lions. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah, they Who crushed their yeah. enemies and saw them driven before you. The lactation of the women. And the lactation of the bears, those growly bears. <laughs> they murdered them. Oh, Max, what a great day to be alive. Except Michigan lost. I know. Oh, God, they were stinky. Yeah, Michigan did not play their best game. No, so. it was like they were all drunk out there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know if they were drunk, but probably your fault, if anything. <laughs> Max, uh, welcome to the show. If this is your first time to buzz in the tower, if that's how you're starting off your 2023, congratulations. You, you picked the right spot. Yeah, you're on a. We are a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. And what we do is some people call it magic. We do. Who would have thought? Just a couple of guys. <laughs> a couple of guys just talking movies. We're on year three. This is our third year. That is incredible. We just finished two. We're starting our well, third. It's like two and a two and a bit. Two and a bit. Yeah. Starting our third year. Third season. Yeah. Third season of Buzz in the Tower that's begins fair. today. Yeah, that's, there it is. Season we, three, episode. Are we a one. football team? A basketball team? What are we? We're a football team. We're the Detroit Lions. We're on the up and up. <laughs> so you're Goff, and I'm no. No, I'm I'm uh, Panay Sewell. You know, you're Dan Campbell. Uh, I am Dan Campbell. <laughs> bite your damn knees off. All right, Max, uh, if you haven't already. I don't care if you have one butt cheek and four <laughs> fingers. We're going to podcast That's today. That's great. I like that. Uh, if you've not already, please. Ha. 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 Huzzah. Please. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little riled up about the jacket. I'm not going to lie. You. Feels so good. Uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast player you use, and make sure you are subscribed or following us. Leave us a review. Those reviews help a ton with our visibility. People know about the show, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what is that from? Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Remember when he's going over the rules? The original one with Gene Wilder? Yeah. Remember? And he's like, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just for a minute, I was like, where, was like, where, where are you going? From? Yeah. The Snozberries takes, like, <laughs> which is also yeah. from uh, Super, Troopers. Super Troopers. I love Super What a great movie Super Troopers was. I prefer Beer Fest. Oh, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. Beer Fest is better. Not comparable. Yeah. Super Troopers is way better. Way better. The bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could melt it on the, and skate on it in the wintertime and drink it. Just take a deep breath. Okay. For God's sake. We're here to talk about Lethal Weapon. Or beer. If you would like more content, please head on over to at Buzz in the Tower. Max is going to post, as soon as we're done with our episode, he's going to post some pictures of me wearing the, my new jacket. Which and nothing I'm wearing else. Well, that's, that's our OnlyFans page <laughs> at OnlyFans backslash. I know Voluptuous Cannibal is going to hop on and out. No, you're not wearing the jacket. If, I, if you were wearing the jacket, you would If we could make over. money doing that, would you? You would. I would not. No? I would lie to people because I'd be curious to see who's signing up for that. <laughs> is there some constituency of like... Married moms in their 40s and 50s that want to see Mo. Remember that nice, kindly, like 55-year-old Minnesota woman who was like uncomfortably into me? Yes. Yeah. Maybe that. Yeah. I loved that she was into you. Who was, remember who sent us all the baked goods? It was another podcast. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. We should get them a gift. Go dig that up. Send them a gift. (laughs) I mean, they'll never compare to Edwin's gift, but whatever. Oh, man. I'm forever ruined now for gifts from anyone. No, we. I mean, you got collector stuff you want. Uh, that's a good one. Oh, you know what I want? I just watched Scanners for the first time. Yeah. Remember his the weird guy's art that he found? Yes. Where it's like all his heads like blowing no noise into the one head? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want that. Growl. Mm. Mm. Is that too weird? Yes. I want Michael Ironside's head. At Buzz in the Tower for more content. <laughs> Go to our website, buzzinthetower.com, to pick up officially licensed merchandise and... If you want to take the next step, if you want to be on the in crowd, if you want to see the behind the scenes, how we make the chocolate, as Wonka would say, head on over to Oompa Loompa. No, go to uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash buzz in the tower, B-U-Z-Z-N. Become a Patreon today. And with all that being said, Max, I am excited to see if we have any new Patreons who are waiting to do a flyby, new additions to the co-pilots. And I believe we do. So why don't we welcome them into the party? Let's do it. Sorry, Goose. 
but it's time to buzz the tower. Max, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> no, that's 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 not Top Gun. It's also Stripes. Yeah. Or to live and die in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Max, I want to <laughs> welcome our newest patron, our newest co-pilot, uh, Dustin DeSnyder. Yeah, he's the man. He is the man. Dustin has been uh, bartending at the bar whose name we shall not speak since 1963. Yep. He uh, he actually predates my bartending at that bar. I thought you were going to say dinosaurs. No, no. <laughs> Dustin's older brother was a bartender there, and I believe that's how he got the job. I didn't know that. I believe. Don't quote me on that. Because um, I think him and I are the same age. I think we both graduated high school in 97, and we started at the same time. He, much like you has found a way to be the Pied Piper of Ann Arbor and make a fortune selling Johnny Vegas shots to, yeah. <laughs> to 21-year-olds. And he's an awesome I, dad. Hard quote on the 21-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, he's an awesome dad, too. He is. He is. His um, wife rules. She makes cookies. She does. You know, It's funny. You know I don't like Dustin at all. Not a very nice person. But I have to tell <laughs> he's you, ornery. his son's adorable yeah. and his wife is wonderful. Yeah. And I feel like that's Tell the way. You. That, that I am nowhere near as ornery as Dustin is, just so we're on the same page. <laughs> I, on my worst day, am not as ornery as he is. Okay. Now, I've got a, a handful of stories I could tell, none of which are appropriate about Dustin and, yep. a, pool, and a pool table and back when he was a manager. But for right now- He looked like he was on Dawson's Creek. For right, yep, for right now, I'll just simply say, Dustin, thank you so much for joining us as a co-pilot. To anyone else? Him. I know, right? <laughs> All other patrons won't get insulted this bad, but we welcome your patronage. And of course, our final note to all of our Patreons from Max and I from the bottom of our hearts. Thank, thank you. you. Hey, Tony. Thanks. Saunders. Thanks. Good morning. What? Thanks. Todd. Thanks. Ren. Thank you for. Uh, thank you. That felt good. It did. I like taking Dustin's money. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me happy. I'd rather, honestly, I would have let him be a Patreon if he had just sent some of his wife's cookies and cakes over she is she is really good she is we had her uh for my son's first birthday yeah i think she did the cake so the theme was lumberjack mm-hmm. and we did like a breakfast thing and we did like flapjacks and she made a cake that looked like a stack of flapjack pancakes that's cool and it was amazing i hope i'm right i'm pretty sure it was her Sounds all right like her. max yeah. i got nothing else Let's are we it. ready to talk about lethal weapon uh first this wasn't his oh this wasn't richard donner's best movie yes it was it's inside moves no (laughs) inside moves is so good the goonies is richard donner's greatest movie did you or did you not love inside Moves? i loved inside moves not his greatest movie though we have a tendency (laughs) to get a little excited when we talk about movies so i'm gonna i'm gonna switch things up a little bit today i'm not gonna do the talk about every minute of every movie like what i will say this much lethal weapon has a special place in my heart a it's a christmas movie Yep. And in the same way, if you're going to take on the argument that Die Hard's a Christmas movie, you have to take on the argument that Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie and Rambo. First Blood, you mean? Yeah. More so, quite frankly, with Lethal Weapon, the opening of the movie, Christmas song, the end of the movie, Christmas song, multiple Merry Christmases, multiple Santa Clauses, multiple lights and trees. Christmas tree lot scene. The opening scene of the movie when there is a naked prostitute doing drugs is on a balcony that is covered with Christmas lights. Yeah. Nothing says 
Yule time cheer, like a unnecessary. Kim Basinger under, yeah. She was a Kim Basinger lookalike. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot how much nudity there was. Yeah. Just right out the gate. It's so funny. You're always like, oh, Lisa Love, what a fun family movie. And then <laughs> two you're seconds like, in, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so you're probably so used to watching it on TV. Yeah. And then I'm like, there, she's yeah. using drugs. Yeah. So, um, so Richard Donner is, I know we did an episode completely dedicated to Richard Donner. When you look back, and I know we've not done this before, and we really should consider doing it, we need to do a Joel Silver episode. As a producer, Joel Silver is Die Hard, is all the lethal weapons. Like, if it was an action film, I think Commando. Well, what do you say about a producer? It's like, he produced. What do producers do? They produce. Yeah, thank you. What is what is that? Have you seen Get Shorty? That's what I feel like. Produce. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. But they produce. They they produce produce? Like, well, I don't understand. It's a good call. Lots of produce. Some lettuce. <laughs> tomatoes. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have never seen a producer episode. We'll be the first. I even we'll be on, the best. Wait, we had a episode recently where we we're like we're picking the best of the decade, and I picked Dino De Laurentiis, who's like the third best producer. I mean, knowledge wise, in the eighties, you had no idea who he was. No idea. I only know Joe Silver, Joel Silver, because he has so many. You know Don movies. Simpson because he's awesome. I do know Don Simpson too. <laughs> drug use, a lot of drug use. So. Richard Donner came out with this film in 1987. March 6th. Yeah. It's um, written by Shane Black, heavily edited by Jeffrey Bohm, uncredited though. And he did that on all of the following ones as well. well yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're probably going to say the same thing I was. Well, Shane Black made this really dark. Very dark. Yeah. He did that also with the other movies. Like in Lethal Weapon 2, he had Riggs dying and yep. they changed that up. That would have been awesome. Uh, I don't know. You can't kill Riggs. Can't kill off Do you Riggs. miss... Lethal Weapon 3 and 4 that badly? I liked, I really liked Lethal Weapon 3. I thought Rene Russo was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, but 4 is, I mean, I like Jet Li. 4 was terrible. Yeah, Chris Rock's a bad actor. They're doing 5 right now, aren't they? I know. Yeah. It's weird. We'll see. I mean, they are uh, too old for this. <laughs> They're both too old. <laughs> There's a lot to this movie that I enjoy, part of which is you get Shane Black, who as a screenwriter is this 23-year-old kid. Is he 23 when this is made? 23-year-old. Yeah, he's really young. He wrote this and hated it and threw it in the garbage. Seriously? Dug it out of the garbage and said, all right, maybe it's not that bad. Gave it to his agent and his agent got it to Joel Silver who said, I love it. And then we take off from there. The, the story of Shane Black as a screenwriter is pretty exceptional, right? Yeah, Monster Squad, Last Boy Scout. A little bit on Predator. I mean, yeah. he, his originally at 23, he was more focused on being an actor in Hollywood and he just happened to be a good writer. But when he wrote this, he wanted to create this urban western and the more that i think about that term the more i appreciate how accurately it's portrayed in lethal weapon the gore and the violence and the darkness that he had originally written donner took that out and made it more bullet shoots the guy he falls in a dramatic way it's almost more like you know the quick and the dead yeah i love that movie it feels much more like a western it's not gory it's not it's not um dylan's arm getting shot off by a predator and the trigger still being pulled you want to hear something ironic by the way you're you're saying like the quick and the dead's like the definition of not gory you know who directed that who sam raimi oh really yeah that's funny He's super Evil Dead, yeah. That's really funny. I know. Maybe that wasn't my good uh, good. No, no, pick. no. Quick and the Dead is like that. That's right. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So Shane Black writes this. Joel Silver loves this. And that's where you get this movie from. Probably the most significant part of, of this film as it pertains to movies that came after. You've got 48 hours, right? So when we talk about buddy cop films. You have buddy cop films that existed prior Running to Running Scared. Running Scared, 48 hours. Midnight Runs after this. Yeah. But that's not cops either. Yeah. And, and when interviewed, one of the things, Mel Gibson was interviewed on this a hundred million times, but one Sober of the, or drunk? well, I know, right? Semi- okay. Semitic or anti-Semitic? <laughs> Can we get this out of the way, by the way? Uh, 
The Rewatchables does this every time they do a Mel Gibson movie. They get it out of the way in the beginning. They just go, why, Mel? Why? Because, like, we love him so much I know. in these movies. I know. And it's a bummer. And we're just going to get through it. We're going to yeah. push through. I know. So, just, Especially two Jewish guys talking about Mel. So, rather, so yeah. just why, Mel? That's it. I, who, okay, so the perfectly built bar mitzvah. Yeah. Guest table. Kanye. <laughs> Mel. <laughs> who else? Walt the table? Disney. <laughs> Walt Disney's head? He, Walt Disney wasn't anti-Semitic. You... He just donated a little bit of money to the Nazi party. That doesn't mean he's anti-Semitic. Charles Lindbergh? All right. There's a lot of people that don't like the Jews. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't know how to dig out. Yeah, all right, well, anyways, moving along. No, I mean, the thing of significance for Lethal Weapon, and I think Mel Gibson put it best, I'm paraphrasing, you had films before it whether it was buddy cops or just cop movies, but the characters were just very black and white, mm. right? It was, you know, gruff guy, new guy on the force. These are well-developed characters. You have a backstory. You have a guy who's got essentially PTSD from the lo- losing his wife. Yeah. You've got this and wonderful, yeah. you've got this wonderful family man in Murtaugh. And I also he's think- he's coming to grips with getting old too. Right. Like he's having, I think Mel, I mean- Riggs keeps him young. You know, he gives him a shot of energy, even though it's all this chaos. The the decision to cast Danny Glover as Murtaugh probably, in my opinion, was the best decision of casting for the entire movie. You could live with other people being Riggs. Murtaugh, first of all, being Danny Glover, second of all, being African-American was a wonderful decision. It wasn't part of the original script, right? It wasn't. And when when, uh, the casting agent brought it to Donner and said, we got to get Danny Glover from The Color Purple, Mm. Donner's initial reaction was, well, but he's black. Not so much in like a negative sense. And then he stopped himself. He's like, wait, wait, what are you thinking? That's a terrible reason. And he was like, no, we got to have him. And by having him, I like when films kind of break the mold mm-hmm. and have a little bit of a rediscovery of character. You know, not, not all the stereotypes that you would see typically in an 80s film for like a... Uh, for- yeah, th- <laughs> no, this is like the Cosby's for... Uh- for movies, kind of. That's a great call. Yeah. That's a great call. Unfortunately, and that didn't work out. The didn't, well, they, I know. <laughs> the, the, the drugging and the touching and the yo and yeah, that's not good. Like, man, we've gone down some dark paths today. It's all Shane Black's fault. How do you feel about Shane Black's 90s movies? I th- I freaking love them. The Last Boy Scout's incredible. Yeah, I love The Last Boy Scout. The Long Kiss Goodnight, I feel like, is underrated. Yeah. And also, uh, Last Action Hero. Was Last awesome. Action Hero was good. It's really good. You know, it was good. It had a couple problems. I, I liked it. Was it was meta. It was like meta. It was before. supposed to be. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I liked it. I liked it. And Tywin Lannister. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Have yeah. a nice day with yeah. the one eye. I know. It was cool. You're so smart, Max. Thank you. You're welcome. Movie-wise, everything else, I'm stupid. Fact. 100% fact. <laughs> so it took Shane Black six weeks to write this movie. That's pretty impressive. I think so. There's some amazing facts about this movie. I, I think... As best you can, if you've got interesting facts that have to do with specific scenes, mm. we'll go by like, not a scene by scene, but we'll go through the movie a little bit. But to start, the things that I found that I thought were incredible, Joel Silver went after Leonard Nimoy to direct this film. Yeah. He was on the heels of doing Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, and Nimoy was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm not doing this. He made Three Men and a Baby instead. Yeah. So I didn't know Leonard Nimoy We've uh, been over this. That. Uh, we probably have been yeah. over this. The second most successful movie of, no, the most successful movie in 1987. That's incredible. Yeah. I wonder what his deal was with that he didn't want to do this. Uh, he was doing some other movie. I just don't remember. It was what. Three Men and a Baby. It wasn't Three Men and a Baby, I don't the, think. It came out in 87, bruh. All right. Well, maybe you're right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. This movie only made $65 million. I know. I know. I thought and, it, well, so this movie wasn't even initially, it, was, it wasn't It was big picture released. Mm. It was Ebert's review of it that boosted all the sales and all the ticket sales and everybody watching. Yeah, he, he loved it. He went, oh, he went yeah. off on it. He loved this movie. Um, so Lethal Weapon had an alternate beginning and an alternate ending. I wish they showed the beginning. Wait, can you see it on YouTube? I've not been able to find the alternate beginning. I have found the alternate ending. You want to walk through it or should I? No, you do the beginning. I'll do the ending. Okay, so Riggs in a bar. I love that stuff. 
This is great. Called the slaughtered lamb. I mean, it looks like it. It's. I mean, well, I mean, it looks like it would be called the slaughtered lamb, not like the slaughtered lamb in Scotland, Ireland, London. Sure, London. Whatever. Right? Yeah. Well, it's outside of London. It doesn't look like London. Anyways, focus, Max. Sorry. Focus. Uh, Riggs is drinking at a bar, and these thugs come up and want some money from him, and he's like, "It's in the bank. I'm not giving it to you." And then they attack him. With like, you know, switchblades and butterfly knives. And he just kicks the crap out of him. And one of the bouncers, it seems like he's a frequenter there. They're like, we can't have you in here anymore. You keep beating people up. And they give him a bottle and he goes on his way. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You're not interested. Not at all. Why? That's cool. It's all right. I have a very cool fact for you. <laughs> How would you make the intro for Lethal Weapon? Uh, exactly like it was. <laughs> Prosti- <laughs> prostitute swan diving off of the balcony. That is The true. alternate ending was kind of the same feel. Instead, I actually like the ending they picked, but in the alternate ending, he is in a car and he's talking to Murtaugh. Murtaugh's talking about how he's going to quit. He's done being a cop. And he's like, no, you can't do that. And they say goodbye to each other. And they make Nothing. out. And then they make out. <laughs> very hot scene. <laughs> Who gets the better deal of that? Who's more handsome? I don't answer your weird questions. No. They're both handsome. They are both handsome. I, and Murtaugh playing a 50-year-old is 40. He's Riggs, Riggs playing a 38-year-old is 30. By the way, the fact no, you that... you're wrong. It's uh, Danny Glover was 38 and Mel Gibson was... Nope, you're right. No, I'm right. Yeah. It's okay. Just Danny slow, slow your roll. Max, I'm 44. Yep. I did not look like Murtaugh when I was 40. He's jacked. He's jacked. He's well, in great shape. He does have old man face and old man hairline. Yeah. Oh. So what else you got, Max? <laughs> I'll tell you a random fact. The yeah. girl, the girl who plays Amanda Hudsucker, uh, who <laughs> dies at the beginning of the movie. I love that name. Hudsucker. Is it Amanda, right? Yeah. Amanda. Um, Amanda. <laughs> uh, she has not been in anything that you would care about, but there is a new TV miniseries called Welcome to Chippendales. Have you seen the preview for that? Yeah, it's with the Indian she, dude from Silicon Valley. Yeah, she's one of the groupies. She's popped back up out of nowhere. The last thing she was in was in 2011. She's, she's in a 60-year-old groupie? I guess. Well, let's see. Yeah, 87. She's probably, what, 18? She yeah. had to have been at least 18. Yeah. She was nude. Yeah. Nude. <laughs> I, said that, I said that so aggressively. She was in the buck. Naked. Uh, I like, whenever anyone says send nudes, I send pictures of noodles. Who says, who's sending you text that says send nudes? That's true. <laughs> in the greatest uncovered lie ever. When I get all these text messages, mostly for I send myself. Max, note to self, send yourself nudes. And then you send yourself noodles and laugh at your joke. They're tasteful. Black and white. It's good. Oh, here we are. Here we are. That's right. So we knew that. We had Tim Capello on the show. And he was going to audition for the role of Joshua that was given to Gary Busey. Yeah. And he turned it down. That's wild. Did he turn it down? He did. He did. He turned it down. He wanted to be in the Bob Dylan movie. That's right. Hearts of Fire. That's right. He was in the Bob Dylan movie. Yeah. Hearts of Fire. And he was in it. He he made that happen. Yeah. He saw it. He visioned it. And he made it. Tony Robinson. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you know Shane Black originally wanted to play Mel Gibson's role? No. That doesn't surprise me. He's a young actor. I'm not shocked by that at all. Do you know who he wanted? Oh, who he wanted to. I said he wanted to. No, he didn't. He would have been fun, I think. Who? Who do you want to? Uh, William Hurt. That's right. But he was not as well. The studio he said wasn't he wasn't his big name. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mel didn't have a big role before this, really. Like the Mad Max movies, but they were like cult movies. So do you know what Mel Gibson turned down to be in the role of Riggs in Lethal Weapon? The Untouchables and Die Hard. The Fly. And The Fly. Yeah. Well, Die Hard actually was kind of interesting. So yeah. let's talk about Die Hard for a second. Bruce Willis was up for Riggs and Mel Gibson was up for McLean. And they both turned it down and they both ended up where they were, which is kind of cool. I think they both could have done just a good, as good a job. I think Mel makes either movie better, weirdly. No way. Bruce Willis is the only John McClane out there. I don't know. 
He's because you gotta have a little ugly to you. McLean's a little ugly. That's true. Mel is Mel really Gibson. Good. I mean, opening scene of that movie when he's naked, I'm just like, God bless America. That's a handsome man. He's so naked. Yeah, he's super naked. <laughs> a lot in that movie. A lot of nudity right out the gate. Uh, you know this? The prop gun, the Beretta that they used in, in Die Hard One is the same uh, one they used in Lethal Weapon. It was Riggs's gun and McLean's gun, so that's pretty exciting. And the gun Riggs uses in the desert is a ten thousand dollar. Heckler and Koch PSG one marksman rifle. Yep. So the very end of the movie, when they're going to save Murtaugh's daughter in and, and, and in the desert and Riggs says, you know, it's going to get bloody. He's got to get his old uh, military weapons. I like the fact that this movie said, you know, we got to have things that are new and different. They didn't want to just do the same thing. So they went after a very unique gun. All right. So I've got a fact that I know you don't know, and it's exciting. This is one of those facts that I'm pretty sure you don't know this one. It's really exciting. So do you know what lethal weapon and point break have in common? Gary Busey. They do. Damn it. That's true. But that wasn't what I was going for. God, I'm so dumb. I get a layup. No. Uh, Can I rephrase my question? Other than the tasteful work of Gary Busey, do you know what Point Break and Lethal Weapon have in common? No. Okay. Are you ready for this? Okay. Do you remember the beginning of Lethal Weapon when Riggs is undercover in the tree, the Christmas tree lot? Are you going to say that's Anthony Kiedis' dad? That is. Yeah. Well, you did know that. Yeah. Well, that's how that's the connection. I hate you. Anthony Kiedis is in Point Break, not his dad. I know, but I just think it was a cool connection. So Max ruined it. I was all excited. (laughs) So Blackie Dammit, also known as John Kiedis. Jesus Christ. That's his name, Blackie Dammit. That's the worst name ever. I didn't give him the name. name? If you go to IMDb, it says Blackie (laughs) Dammit. Stop saying it. B-L-A-C-K-I-E and then last name D-A-M-M-E-T-T. Okay. Okay. Yeah. John Kiedis, he is the drug dealer who's wearing the plaid shirt that, uh, Riggs takes hostage, basically, the end, puts the gun to his head. Yeah. That is the father of Anthony Kiedis, who was Red Hot Chili Peppers and obviously was one of the gang members in Point Break. Yeah, War Child. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. It's really cool. I think but it's super cool. We have a six degrees of separation. We know someone who knew someone who should have been in this movie. Who? Uh, you know our boy Scorchio? I do know our boy Scorchio. He's uh, got blown opportunities on Instagram. Yes. So his uncle, John Saxton who is the cop in... Uh, Hold on. Freeze. Freeze. The reason he wasn't in this is because he was shooting Dream Warriors. <laughs> he was doing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted him to be... Joshua. Joshua. That would have been awesome. He would have been a good Joshua. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's really cool. I love that his... I always forget Scorchio's uh, relationship. He wished me a happy new year. Good for him. Yeah. Good dude. So Did he get you a jacket? No. I don't think so. So... The- <laughs> So when Riggs and Murtar are walking down the street discussing, (laughs) she looked good. good. In the background on the movie marquee, it says Lost Boys. Yeah, last year's hit. This this year's hit. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Last year's hit. Who would put last year's? (laughs) Do you know Danny Glover was only 14 years older than his daughter in this movie? I know. So Murtar had a kid at 11. It's not how it works. And what a, that's what okay. a king. <laughs> Michael Bain uh, was another person who they were looking at to do rigs, but he was shooting aliens at the time. And I told you about the diehard connection, but the other diehard connection is Joe Silver made sure since he's the producer, you ask what producers do. They take people they like and put them in all their movies. Mary Ellen Trainer uh, was the police psychologist, was also the new, news anchor in Die Hard. Yeah. Al Leong. Alain was uh, related related to Celine Dion. 
was Endo, the electric torture dude. He was also he's part of Hans. Movie. He was also part of Hans Gruber's gang. Big Trouble Little China. Of course, we don't need to talk about yeah. that. And then Grand L. Bush, the police officer, was also Agent Johnson in Die Hard. Johnson, 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 Johnson. I guess uh, Brian Dennehy was considered for Murtaugh too. He would have been good. <laughs> well, he didn't want to do it because he's already done so many cop films. He'd done FX. He'd done First Blood. I don't think he could run enough. Because Murtaugh, like, moves around at least. Uh, he doesn't run end, that much. At the end? He's a hard to hold for this. I need you, Tommy Boy. I, <laughs> I also, I additionally love that, like, what is the, it's the Mandela effect where people like say yeah, so, something yeah. that they think is one way but it's not that one yeah. way but so many people say it that they think it's that way yeah, it's the Bernstein Bears thing yeah, yeah so that's this movie because in Lethal Weapon 1 he never says I'm getting too old for he just says I'm too old for this oh interesting yeah. that's like Luke I am your father yes where he really says I'm like your papa <laughs> <laughs> it's a me Darth Vader I'm like your papa <laughs> It's so stupid. <laughs> just getting a little taste of Max. Yeah. A little taste of Sanders I don't this year. Like my own blend. No, you don't. <laughs> Max, what other facts do you have before we jump into this movie? Uh, body count in the director's cut was 26. Sure. So that's a lot of people. That's dead. a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, only lethal weapon that didn't make $100 million and only lethal weapon where Riggs didn't separate a shoulder. Correct. Yeah. I did know that. Yeah. There's no shoulder separation in this one. That's why I didn't make $100 million. I think so. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, let's do some ads. <laughs> It sounds good. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at weardolby.com. If you go to buy a house and you find out that a rogue cop and a mercenary had a Brazilian jiu-jitsu fight in front of a fire hydrant, you're going to want to know that before you buy that house, right? I buy it quicker. This is where Dolby Real Estate becomes an absolute asset in your corner. You have to make sure when you're buying a house that you have the right people there that know the real estate market. They know the area. They're making sure you don't make a mistake. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to help you through the process. Or if you're selling a house and you got a hide that there are multiple murders and a kidnapping in it, Dobie will do that. I, I mean, don't tell them the buzz in the tower said that, but I think they'll do that. Will they do that? Maybe they'll do that. <laughs> Dobie Real Estate at wearedobie.com. Reach out to them today if you're looking to buy or sell a house. These are the best people out there. In 2021, I'm excited because we're going to have their new numbers 2022 very soon. 400 million in sales, 1,000 homes sold. Talk to them today and get into the home buying or home selling industry. Well, as always, Max, we dragged out the first half of the show quite a long time. So let's jump into the movie itself. You know, I'm a huge fan of music. I think music makes the movie, right? Yes. And Michael Kamen is who did the score of this movie. Saxophone. Yeah. Well, it's not just the sax. So he did Die Hard. He did Roadhouse, although I think he was uncredited for Roadhouse. He did all the lethal weapons. He did License to Kill, which I don't know that you've seen yet. We've I just got on your butt about this the other I'm day. I'm halfway through. Oh, you are? I, oh, by the way, I watched Living Daylights. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, good. It was awesome. I told you. I knew it's you'd like, love it. Serious, it's action as good as like now, That's basically. Awesome. I knew you'd love it. When they're all at the end of the plane, it's really uh, cool. Um, He did. And you know, these guys all stick together. He did The Last Boy Scout. So if you watch in specifically The Last Boy Scout, Die Hard, there are these instrumental orchestra moments that are like violin and then harp and they're very like intense like transitional moments yeah lethal weapon nails it and does it really well the saxophone is the part that's totally unique and that you only see in lethal weapon and it i love it, it it's perfect yeah. right it's like every time like murtaugh is having a moment it's like <laughs> yeah. 
weird. But he's waking up with the coffee. So the beginning of this movie, the the music selection, the just the the stark silence of her jumping off of the building and not screaming. It's great. It totally sets the tone for the movie. So she jumps off the balcony and hits the hits the ground. The one thing, too, that I and I fully admit you have directors like Quentin Tarantino that's redefined the way that we tell stories, right? Think of Pulp Fiction and just the unique upside down. down, Yeah. Backwards. This is definitely traditional. I like it. It's done really well. There's not that many scenes. No. It's kind of like when I was writing down the, like the gist of this movie, it's like 10 to 12 scenes. But I love, I love, I used to love the cartoons when like mask, right? You've never seen mask crusaders, but at the beginning it's like, they're showing you the characters and they're yeah. giving you clips of the characters. So you know who it is and that's, who's going to fight in today's episode. So in this, in this movie, you start off with her jumping off the balcony. The second scene of the movie is Murtaugh, the perfect family in the yeah, bathtub, the 50th birthday. Is that a milkman? Yeah. I thought it was a milkman. I'm like, yeah. this took place in the late eighties. Do they still have milkman? Living in the late daylight, 80s? There's a milkman. I, that's right. You're yeah. right. Now, you know, yeah. now, you know, cause you saw it. <laughs> And just this perfect family, this perfect house. Except they're making a birthday celebration with him butt naked in a tub. That's okay. When you're, I totally get that. Who yeah, knows? it's not, it's not weird. I mean, you today be weird. I'm sure. Like, do you and your dad still bathe together? Once, <laughs> once a month. <laughs> Tom Brady says it's okay. Tom Brady is not who we need to be asking. <laughs> but then you, so you, you immediately know who Murtaugh is. Yeah. Like, you know, he is a family man with a wonderful wife. His wife's house of cooking. Yeah. His wife was a backup singer in the Elvis, Elvis Presley comeback special. That's awesome. Well, it's funny because at the end of the movie is the Elvis Christmas song. So that's another stupid fact that I have that will never leave my brain. Take me to bar trivia. I'm ready. <laughs> so, you know, right away what Murtaugh's all about. Yep. He's, he's a little long in the tooth, gray in the beard. His daughter, his oldest daughter makes a joke about, that's the first time you hear the saxophone. Yeah. I think his oldest daughter makes a joke about how his beard is looking gray and he shaves it and and he's like he looks older with a mustache he does I love Murtaugh so then the juxtaposition of this is going to Riggs who and this is such an 80s movie trope this is Cabretti this is Cabretti making pizza, like eating pizza and cutting the crust off yeah. and putting it in the blender. Yeah. This is like, the, of course, I understand when your life is crap, your life is crap. But to think that like every bum wakes up with a cigarette in his mouth and opens a can of beer at nine o'clock in the of morning course. and pisses while he's yeah. drinking the beer is a little bit too much. But it works perfectly because he pulls it off. I mean, he, he looks rough. Well, and you know, he's cool because his dog is so well trained that he took it. The dog took himself out and came back. Right. Yeah. And just wanted to treat. Yeah. That was a good boy. Such I love a good Sam. boy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So if, if Sam died, this movie would have lost. It. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't watch movies where dogs die. I'm not, I'm not that. Yeah. That, that crushed me. Yeah. I cried. I like ugly face cried in the theater. Well, turn hooch. What the hell, man? You didn't I tell know. me. I, should, I, t- I couldn't, you wouldn't have watched it. Yeah. So, so he, as, as opposed to Murtaugh has got this beautiful house in suburbia, Riggs lives in an RV w- with cousin Eddie. Airstream. It's great. So then it, after it leaves Riggs and his horrible situation, we're back to Murtaugh's house. Bacon's being cooked. Yeah. Trisha's, my wife's a terrible cook. The egg gets dropped. And then she reminds him, hey, just so you know, I got this phone call from this guy, Michael Hudsucker. He gets all stern. Not confused, yeah. right? And and like, oh, it was an old war buddy. Of course, his daughter comes down, scantily dressed, and you get more saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going out with the dimple boy. Absolutely. Yeah. So we then get to Dixie, uh, the jumper. Um, this is where he pulls up to scene. Yeah. And so go ahead. Does this ring a bell to you? Does this make you laugh? On the radio, on while he's on his way in, I can't know if they're joking with him because it's his birthday. I know exactly what you're talking about. Ten forty one, drunk white female, four hundred pounds, five foot, yeah, yeah. fifty pounds, five foot tall. I nude. just noticed that for the first time ever, and like I don't think it was they were messing with him. It was just like that's <laughs> that's L A. That was in dispatch. Yes, I do. I did hear that. That was how funny. can you be three hundred fifty pounds and oh, five feet tall? I mean, that's that's a brick house. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a squat woman. Oh, that's good. She was gorgeous. <laughs> so they pull up to the scene of this, which again, at this point, he has no idea that he even knows the woman who died. But Dixie, the other prostitute, is there. Yep. He makes a pretty offensive joke, which I like. Again, that's what I like about Murtaugh. He's yeah. old school. He's not afraid to cut it loose. Something about her mouth, right? Uh, all dressed up and no one to, you yeah, know what. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There you go. She's, he's nice at first, and then he just slaps her with hands. Yeah, it's not, wasn't random. kind. That Nowadays, that's going to get you on TikTok. Yep. You're going to get, a, they're going to pull a report on you. So they leave uh, the, the scene. He, he then goes up to the penthouse and picks up a picture, and the picture is Amanda and her father, Michael, who he knows. He calls Trish, his wife, uh, Murtaugh does. He says, give me that number for Hudsucker. I got to give him a call. She's like, oh, you have Vietnam, buddy? He's like, yeah, give me, give me that number. <laughs> they're good at giving you like information. And, and that's what I saying. And I'm okay with it. This doesn't yeah. need to be I'm Night Shyamalan. This yeah. is just like simple, <laughs> clean, like, okay, like some guy named Hudsucker called you, and then an hour later, his daughter swan dove off of Nagatomi Plaza. I'm trying to think, is there anything surprising about this movie? It's just satisfying all no. over. Yeah. <laughs> there's no like, there's no, There's no surprise. <laughs> it's so true. I never thought there's yeah. literally nothing surprising about this movie. This is like when we were hungover and we watched Walking Tall and yes. you hadn't seen it and you predicted everything. Everything that would happen in the movie. 11, yeah, right? you really could. Yeah. Nope, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, he doesn't get out of Endo's trap. Yeah. <laughs> he is a lethal weapon. So then we go again, back and forth, back and forth. You're learning about these yeah. characters, which I like the time that's committed to learning about Murtaugh and Riggs. Yep. So by the time they connect in totally this in people. this story arc, yeah. and this was this was Mel Gibson's whole point. You're you're learning who these people are. You're learning that Murtaugh is an old school sergeant. He's got, you know, old six shooter. So, well, that's we're not there yet, but okay. we'll get there. So you go back to Riggs. Riggs is it <laughs> this scene is absurd to me. They're in an open lot <laughs> with Christmas trees. It's a couple days before Christmas, so so it's not unrealistic to think there'd be people everywhere. And on this table is just cocaine everywhere. Yeah, lots of it. Riggs is is sampling it to make sure that they don't think he's undercover. Oh, he goes, he goes, hey. He so he he, he tries to make his bust. Well, um, and also he gives him a hundred bucks. Yeah, which is funny. Well, a lot of Three Stooges stuff, which I guess this is all uh this is all Mel Gibson. Yeah. Mel Gibson brought all the three stooges, like when he's being accosted by them, he does the yeah. and slaps his own head, slaps their face. Yeah. The um, documentary that was done on the Three Stooges, I believe Mel Gibson produced that. That's awesome. So he's a huge Three Stooges fan. So am I. You get your first taste of Riggs other than him living like a slob in his house. Well, and the fact that he's like, shoot me, shoot him, shoot me, yep. shoot me. And he's like, he takes the gun. He Does that ever not work in a movie when a crazy cop is just like, shoot him? Yeah, until they get shot, right? No, no, I'm saying in movies. In movies, no. But th how many crazy cops do you see? He is the craziest cop. Yeah, and what Mel Gibson does uniquely that he does better than anybody else, he has the craziness in his eyes, and then he swallows down the crazy. He yeah. does this gulp, yeah, yeah. and it's like... Rather than kill himself, you could see him. You could see him doing that with like his his like mailman. Yeah, yeah. He's just there's something electric about. Mel it does Gibson. suck that he's so crazy because he's such a great actor. Yeah, and he's also a great action star. I know his running technique outside of Tom Cruise is the most flawless action star. Oh, running dude, technique. Steven Seagal. Come on, don't forget him. Uh, <laughs> Stupid man. <laughs> So he makes the bust. He threatens to kill the guy. And then you get to depth of character. This is probably the most significant scene in the movie. Yeah. He is in his trailer looking at a picture of his deceased wife. You're again, the picture's unfolding. You now know why he's living like a trash panda. Yep. And you know why he's crazy. And he takes his gun. He's got this one bullet. I thought the visual of how he loaded the bullet into the gun. And apparently this is pretty risky because this was a blank. But like the discharge of the actual shell could injure you. So pointing you. that thing at your head yeah. is, yeah, not not safe. Not good at all. So he doesn't kill himself, but he gets damn close. And, and he start, he's, his eyes are welling from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. So I guess nowadays on TikTok and all, 
uh, Riggs's character in this movie, like people show clips about men's mental health and like being it kind of a uh, more mm, important issue. That is interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Max. I know. Good to know. Yeah. Knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. So you cut from that to back to the station where their captain, this is the first time you meet him, and he's great. This is also something that Brian Dennehy could have played very well. Yep. I'm going to need you, Tommy boy. The police psychologist is like, you got to get him out of here. The backfill of the story being that the captain's like, he's just doing this to pull psych so that he can get paid. Yeah, psych pension. And she's like, no, like he's really on the edge. And he's like, he brings home the bacon. I love that he says, look, he kills himself, and you can tell me you were right. I was like, that's incredible. That's how I want to leave my police force. Then you get to Murtaugh, and it's where everything is meeting. So you have these two independent stories, and now they're intertwining because Murtaugh is at the office. He is talking with his, I don't know if it was his old partner or just a guy he works Somebody with. About crying. About crying and about men, 80s men. But then he's like, you got to break in a new partner for this Hudsucker, which, by the way, it's hilarious that to think that they would even allow him to be on the case when they find out that it's like a personal relationship of him, but whatever. Yep, not a great idea. Not a great idea. So... Riggs is just sitting out in the hallway looking like a homeless dude and Murtaugh being the old wily copy is looks over at Riggs and Riggs takes his gun out to just kind of like, you know, check to make sure that it's got bullets in it. I don't know. <laughs> and Murtaugh's like gun. And the, the, that whole scene's great. Yeah. Tackles him, gets thrown to the ground. Meet your new partner. Yeah. <laughs> That's the I'm too old. That is the first of three in the movie, I believe. Oh, there's three. Cool. I think there's three. I know there's for sure two. Um, but I believe there's three. And yeah, I mean, now the two of them are together. So now you go through this whole process of their relationship. And I think it's interesting because really what you have, in my opinion, is at the beginning of this movie with the two of them, Riggs needs Murtaugh. Riggs doesn't know he needs Murtaugh, but whether it's Murtaugh introducing Riggs to his family, whether it's him believing in him and trusting him, He's bringing him back to life. Riggs needs Murtaugh. Yeah. At the end of this movie, Murtaugh needs rigs. He needs a killing machine. It's gone down. He yeah. needs the old painless. We're like we're going to get bloody. Yeah. He needs a, a Merc to go against the Merc, so yeah. to speak. So Max, without going through every single scene in the movie, because I know you hate when I do that, essentially from this point forward, the buddy cop portion of this is the two of them trying to uncover what happened to Amanda Hudsucker. Their dialogue with each other is great. You know, they're walking to the car in the parking lot. Oh, it's so good. It's they're, they're the six shooter old timers. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep, yep. He read his whole file. It says you're into martial arts, Tai Chi and all that killing stuff. I suppose we're going to have to register you as a lethal weapon. They said it. They did say it. It makes me so happy. Then you get introduced to the bad guys. I have to tell you, it seems like every single eighties movie, bad guy has a side gig of like owning some type of club and getting musicians. Like why were they at that club in the first place? Cause it's a cool scene. There you go. Do you know Shane Black's the uh, DJ yelling? No. Oh, yeah. that's really yeah. funny. I didn't know that. That makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't you put yourself in it? <laughs> so Gary Busey is the hired help. He is the thug, and he is crazy. You know that lighter truck? They actually did it. I'm sure. You no, can tell I'm he looked like he was in pain. <laughs> I believe it. There's no way. Maybe. Maybe. Gary Busey's crazy. So you learn that essentially we're dealing with a drug. Uh, like Merck's turn to like they were getting. We find out. We find out later. But in yeah. this first scene, it's basically a drug deal. Yeah. Uh, who's the actor that plays the head dude? What's his name? <laughs> He's the boss in freaking uh, Liar Liar. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that is the boss. You're right. It's uh, Mitchell Ryan. So he's the head honcho. But the really, general. You know, you know what's funny, though? He's really irrelevant. He really is. It's Gary Busey steals the show as yeah. the bad guy. And so Busey's the hired mercenary. This guy's bringing in drugs from Asia. And you get a taste of that storyline. Not a lot. Just a taste of it. Which I like. I do, too. You then get back to Riggs and Murtaugh developing their relationship. They go get a hot dog with each other. Yeah, hot dogs. Yeah. Everybody loves a good hot dog. <laughs> So they get a call and you can see like Riggs has got that craziness. Like, I love these runs. Let's go on this call. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a it's guy a who's, it's a jumper. You love this. You love this whole scene. He Rig, looks like one of the Fratelli brothers, but he's not. Riggs. 
<laughs> Riggs goes up on top of the building and like, come on, man, my boss like, yeah, you don't, you don't want to jump. You don't want to jump. He handcuffs himself to the jumper, which is really lazy when he jumps. They're not handcuffed anymore. I, I don't know. know if you notice that. It kind of bothers bad me. Wigs yeah, too. very bad wigs. Uh, but go ahead. Go ahead. Do your favorite line. You love it. Do you want to jump? There's something about Mel when he turns the switch. He can go from zero to 60 faster than anybody. Can you think of anybody who goes crazier quicker? No. Yeah. This leads to Murtaugh having his confrontation with Riggs. He's like, you really are a psycho. They go into like some shop next to where the building is. He slams the door so hard that it swings the complete other way, which I feel like had to have been a mistake. <laughs> I didn't know that. And he's like yelling at Riggs and Riggs is like, ah, yeah, do I think about killing myself? But it's the job that keeps me. And Murtaugh, when you think everything's de-escalating, Murtaugh yeah. takes the six shooter out and goes, here, take my gun, do it now. It's an intense moment. <laughs> yeah. So he puts the gun to his mouth. He's like, no, 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 put it in your mouth. You don't want to miss. He's like, I'll put it under my chin. That's even better. He starts to shoot the gun the hammer cocks back and when it drops Murtaugh throws his hand on that and the pin catches his hand and he's like Jesus you really are crazy yeah and and Riggs like I'm hungry I'm hungry (laughs) he swallows that anger again so coming after this is one of my favorite parts of the whole movie (laughs) he he gets his cell phone out which is like a Zach Morris cell phone on steroids (laughs) the thing has like a whole like backpack base unit yep he's talking to the shrink he's like what am I dealing with here and she's like you're screwed you're screwed like get away from him he's gonna kill you yeah Murtaugh has a panic attack the two of them get in the car he's like I'm gonna die this is what's gonna happen i'm gonna die you're crazy and i'm old and i was about to retire and i'm getting too old for this da, 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 da. this is when he introduces uh Riggs to his family i think this is great because again this speaks to murtaugh being this family man and kind of giving Riggs something he doesn't have which yep. is a family and he loves it yeah he does i also love that murtaugh's oldest daughter He's is really infatuated well i mean come on yeah I mean, wouldn't you be it's, yeah. it's mel gibson for god's sake and by the way his kids do the worst rapping of the 1980s it's really cute but it's really cute. My name is Project. <laughs> it's like, oh my. I think it's cute. And I then a beatboxing and all. That, that, that's do you ever the, do that with your family? No, beatbox around the don't table? Beatbox, no, no. You should try this. I should. I will. We will. <laughs> So they're as they're becoming better friends with each other and trying to uncover what's going on. And you, I love that they uh, hang out on the boat. You can tell Roger has nothing. He doesn't know how to use a boat. Yeah. And it's like there's something more endearing about Roger being kind of a goof at home. Yeah. And like his wife's taking out the garbage. And again, the relationship is blossoming. And I, I think this to me is what you fall in love with in this movie is the relationship between Murtaugh and Riggs. Yeah. That's I mean that's the best their, part of the movie. It's their chemistry. Their chemistry and and they be, and they became lifelong friends after this movie. Despite yeah. even just being in these movies, they've always kept in touch and been friends with each other. It doesn't seem like any two other actors could have done this. Yeah. I mean that's a testament to how good their chemistry was. Yeah. That you're right. I couldn't imagine swapping people around. Um other than obviously Stallone and Kurt Russell. Because that chemistry is unbeatable. Well, they're hokey. Tango and cash, <laughs> cash and tango. As we progress through the story, we learn more and more that Michael Hudsucker is responsible for everything bad that's going on. The heroin trade. Basically. Yeah. Basically after Vietnam, uh, they went back with this black ops team and they started transporting and moving around heroin. And when the war was over, they got together and said, let's just do this for money. He wanted out. His bank was, uh, who was cleaning the money. Yeah. Laundering he, the money. Well, wait, does he have the nicest house in eighties movie history? Why well, he's the head of a bank that's laundering it's heroin money on the water. I know like on like Malibu rocks. probably. Yeah, right? It's unbelievable. So it's his fault that his daughter died. And as a result of that, you again are uncovering more and more of what's going on throughout their investigation that leads them to this house where there's a couple girls partying inside. There's a lot of cocaine in this movie. Yeah. They, someone starts shooting at them. And this is after an argument of like, don't kill anyone. Like Murtaugh's like, Whoops. please don't kill anyone. It's very Terminator 2. Yeah. No killing. No killing. Yeah. I had to think for a second. I'm like, was that Terminator 2? Yeah. Was. So this is where Riggs saves Murtaugh's life. Yep. Um, kind of like hap, like haphazardly. Yeah. It's not like 
you don't realize how good Riggs is in this scene. Yeah. Like later. You're you getting do. a taste of how good he is, but um, they get out of the pool and, and, and as all this is going on, they're getting closer and closer to kind of the seat of the fire, if you will, to figure out exactly what's going on. I mean, I'm skipping some stuff. I mean, the the gun range scene was incredible. Have a nice day. Yeah. I mean, uh, Murtaugh. That's, that's, the be- a- that's the best gun range scene of all time, right? Uh, it's pretty. Uh, no, no. Robocop. The first Robocop. That's oh, the best gun range. Yeah. Gun? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the best gun like range scene one. ever. This one's good. Yeah. You see Murtaugh does his classic stretch his neck move, which it's is really great. Good, I yeah. love that move. It's yeah. a very old man move. It's a very old. Yeah. I, I do that when I like what was the way my. <laughs> wipe my butt after I go to the bathroom. I get stretch my neck. Mel doesn't do anything and just goes super far back. Yeah, like I love that. Even Murtaugh squints his eyes. He can't even see where Dude, it is. He's yeah. an old, older gentleman. He's a killing machine. <laughs> By the way, you it, back when they were on the boat and he's like, "I killed a man in Laos, a thousand yards away." Only about three or four people in the, the world, world that could do that. Job. Yeah, it's like they just met. Like, yeah, it's kind of you got to get to the good stuff right away. They check out Dixie's house uh, and ends up that she, her house is exploded. Yeah, the little kids are adorable that witness the exploding and they interview the one kid. Who, Alfred, who said that the guy had a tattoo just like yeah. Riggs's, and this is where you know you're dealing. He with, was painted, yeah, ex-military, yeah, special ops, Mercury switches, Max. That's what that bomb had <laughs> a Mercury CAA switch on it. it. Yeah, the CIA or the CIA, CIA, the CIA, yeah, 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 <laughs> the car, Con! So they go back to Hudsucker. Yeah, at this point, Murtaugh realizes that Hudsucker's involved, and this is. He gets shot from an helicopter. It's classic campy 80s shooting, but I don't mind. He gets Why shot from behind, and it splits the eggnog. And So I guess that's an homage to a 1940s movie. Oh, well, yeah. I forgot what that is. Yeah. I, I, the, the scene's somewhat irrelevant, but it starts the kind of uh, domino effects yeah. of them going after everyone. But it's important to know, I love that Riggs, when he follows the helicopter, normally when people follow it and they look at the gun, they're like, oh, it's too far away. No, he shoots anyways. <laughs> he just unloads oh, yeah, 10 bullets. No, it makes sure. me happy. Yeah, absolutely. Great sweater by uh, Joshua, by the way. So at this point, there's just going to find I mean Joshua sees that Riggs and Murtaugh are there so he believes it's possible they may know the shipment of heroin from Asia only happens twice a year so it's a big deal if if Murtaugh and Riggs know when that shipment is coming in they're in a heap of trouble I look forward to it so first they kill Riggs take a shotgun to the chest not realizing he's wearing a bulletproof vest but that's where they made their first mistake because they thought he was dead and now he's pissed and now he's pissed they then kidnap Murtaugh's daughter and kill her boyfriend yeah with the dimples in his face yeah not good they kind of casually just go over them like you killed like a 17 year old kid I mean, that's the least of their problems, Don't right? Don't date a Murtaugh. Uh, I got to say that Murtaugh's wife, Trish, takes this considerably well. Yeah. <laughs> Her daughter was just kidnapped. <laughs> I mean, they're like, she's upset, but I think my wife would be like a little bit more upset, but that's fine. So as they're going through this whole process, little little things to me that were just fun. When Joshua calls the police precinct, claiming that he's with a local news agency and asks on the status of uh, Riggs and the cops, like he died. Yep. And he's like, good, just wanted to check. And then the cops smiled because yeah. he knew that it was the bad guy calling yeah. to see if he was dead. It's great. Like, that's great. That is great. So look, I mean, that scene where Murtaugh and Riggs, man, this is where Riggs is like, we're going to get bloody. You know, they're going to kill your daughter. I yeah. mean, he comes right. He goes, you know, they're going to kill her, right? And he's like, yep. He's like, the only way to save her is to take her. Yep. We're going to get bloody on this one. Their plan is terrible, by the way. It's the best plan. Are you kidding? With the grenade, smoke, the smoke grenade. Yeah, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. I feel like you should have just shot Murtaugh right away. And like, even if the grenade was there, what's the kill range of grenade? I don't know. You're asking me what the kill range of grenade. I will say one of my favorite lines of the entire movie is when he says, are you really crazy? Or are you as good as you say you are? And his response is, you're going to have to trust me. 
<laughs> right next to the Christmas tree. So they get in the middle of the desert after they get the ransom call, which great, is not really a ransom. Great desert scene. Limo. Limo, yeah. The helicopter. helicopter and you got, guns. you got Rigs being Rigs. What yeah. is he, like two square miles away, hiding in a bush? Yeah, running fast. I also love that when he throws the smoke grenade and Riggs takes the first two shots, Joshua's like, damn it, it's Riggs. Like, he knows. Yeah. He knows because they're both mercenaries well, so and they in, know. In the backstory, Shane Blacks, they actually were in the same unit and they know each other. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. I, I know like that a lot. But it's kind of hinted at, you know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. So his daughter gets in the limo. The chopper goes after him. They all get caught. To your point, maybe not the best plan in the world. Yeah, Murtaugh shot in the arm. Yeah, uh, which is important because of how they torture him. So Riggs is now tied up in a makeshift Freddy Krueger boiler room shower. Yep. And Endo has got the electrodes, and he's just torturing him. Yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing. (laughs) And then Murtaugh is just getting punched in the face, and he's sitting in a chair. And then salt in the wound. Salt. I mean, like like the real iodized like. Pour the salt. Does that really hurt that bad? I don't know. I would assume it's an open wound. It would feel terrible. Yeah, I've never done salt in my wound. Well, we're going to have to find out. Next time you have a wound, let me know. (laughs) Wound. (laughs) You're a moron. Sounds sexy. That's great. It's great. (laughs) So Murtaugh holds up, doesn't give any information away, but then they bring his daughter out and they really, I mean, what is she, 16? I mean, in the movie, she's supposed to be 16, right? They uncomfortably sexualize her, which is kind of par for the course for an 80s movie. Yeah. You got a real real pretty daughter there. But, I mean, they make her a real character. Like, you feel bad because they're doing yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I mean? For it's, sure. It's not like, yeah, it's we're just, doing just this. A little, <laughs> yeah. I was more comfortable with it when I was younger. Yeah. Just a little uncomfortable now. Riggs escapes by snapping the dude, choking him out with his feet. Yep. Classic foot choke out move. And he escapes and he goes and gets Murtaugh and they escape and, you know, there's a fight scene and blah, blah, blah. The more important part to me, I want to get to the best part of the movie, which is the last scene of the movie. Second to last scene the of the movie. The car chase is pretty cool. The, I agree. So yeah. I, maybe I shouldn't glide over this so quickly. Uh-huh. So as they escape, you have kind of the splitting of the evil guys, right? Murtaugh's dealing with the big boss. The general. Yeah. And you got Riggs essentially dealing with Joshua. Yeah. The general, Murtaugh pulls out his, you know, his stretches neck, neck shoots the driver of the car. Yeah. The general's sitting shotgun. The general dies in a great way. The car flies into an intersection because the driver's been shot in the head and gets hit by a bus and flips over. And while he's dying underneath the truck, <laughs> under, underneath the car. He's covered in hair. Uh, and, grenades. and grenades and then boom the whole thing explodes it's quite That's the party very satisfying, very satisfying. <laughs> Riggs and Joshua go through a whole freeway chase yeah. Riggs, Riggs loves running on the freeway that's kind of his barefoot. MO barefoot of course you get to a point where it's clear this is kind of the fun part Joshua's obviously crazy yep. his boss is dead there's no money involved he should and yet, just leave town he should just bail he's like nope I'm gonna go <laughs> kill the rest of Murtaugh's family so he gets to the house uh, a Christmas story is not a Christmas story <laughs> Uh, Christmas Carol. Is it what's, playing? What's, yeah, it was playing. The, 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 Tiny Tim. I was visited by three ghosts. Yeah. The, that original one is playing on the TVs. There's a note, again, very diehard. Yeah. The classic note, ho, 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 I've got a machine gun now. The note says, sorry, bad guys, only cops here. Yeah. Sincerely, good guys, or something absurd Also, like I love that. the Christmas Carol. They go, what day is it? And Joshua shoots the TV, goes, it's Christmas Day. Yeah, it's so <laughs> campy. So campy. I love Busey. So Riggs uh, drives a car through the front of the... the house yep. draws attention away. <laughs> Couldn't have just called him or something. The the intensity. So they, they, they catch Joshua. You got Murtaugh and Riggs. They're both there. This is the most nonsensical end. This is the best ending to a film in the history of film. The intensity between Riggs and Joshua as they're glaring at each other as, wanna, as Murtaugh. shot at the title? Yeah. Or Jack? Yeah, right? You yeah. Shot at the, yeah. It's all right. No. Do it right. You do wanna, it. Do it slowly. <laughs> you want to shot at the title, Jack? Yeah. And he's so like just this. So intense. Yeah. 
This is where things take a little turn for the insane. <laughs> this is roadhousey. So this is a cop killer, mercenary, head of a drug cartel. Yep. And he's about to get arrested until Murtaugh says, we're going to let this play out. And Riggs <laughs> and Joshua fight each other on the lawn. A couple notes on them fighting on the lawn. First of all, you hear, which is great, on the radio. I repeat, watch commander is in route. Until then, Sergeant Murtaugh is in charge on site. <laughs> Which is like the validation of what's going on. The fight scene, when when Donner knew he was going to do the scene, he's like, I want, like, this should be the part where you realize what Riggs and Joshua are all about. Mm. So he's like, I want fight technique that you've never seen before. So there are three fight techniques that are utilized and that they trained on. And one was the first time it had ever been done in a film. Really? Cop Away. That's the one that had never been done before. In addition to Cop Away, Jailhouse Rock. Do you know what Jailhouse Rock is? A song for the it is no, it is American prison system fighting. Like that is, is a technique. It? it is jailhouse rock. And the third is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yep, I can see that. So those are the three techniques utilized in this fight. It's incredible. It's it's a great fight. You've got the hydrant has been knocked over by water. yeah, there's water. You got Mur- the chopper with the spotlight. Murtaugh's holding people back. You, you got guys. cops everywhere. I'll take I'm I'm responsible. <laughs> this is on me. Let them fight. Let them fight. You've got a part where like Joshua was like about to cops. Joshua was about to win, and Murtaugh's like, "Let me take him!" and and Riggs is like, "No!" <laughs> so he turns it around. He wins the fight, and again, this is the story arc. Old Riggs snaps his neck yep. and kills him on sight. But Riggs is like, you know, he's not worth it. Comes over, leans on Murtaugh, but we're not done with Joshua. In a diehard-esque move, yep. grabs a gun from a cop trying to cuff him, and then you got Riggs and Murtaugh both drawn quick and Blow blasting him. Blasting yeah. him. I came out blasting, Max. <laughs> and it's just, it's great. It, it reminds me again of Die Hard when you get uh, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. What the hell is his <laughs> Al name? Powell. Al Powell. And you're that, dun, 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 and he just shoots him in slow-mo. It's the best. It's the same damn movie. It's yeah. the same thing. It works. Do it all the time, forever. <laughs> I want the last minute I'm not ready for it. Yeah. Pull the gun out and just yeah. shoot someone. Next time, have a kid pull the gun. He's like, hi, daddy. You home from burn. And then sacks it up. Anyone where like it's like at the end, there's a random gun scene you didn't expect. It's it's great. So you got all these injuries, all this blood, all this. And I remember he said, like, when he's explaining to the other cops, like, it's okay. He killed two of ours. Like, we're going to let this go on. We're going to let this play out. Can you imagine today? I don't think that would fly. So they they wrap this all up. You then get Riggs visiting his wife's grave, yep. kind of making somewhat peace. Victoria. You know, wishing her a Merry Christmas. He then goes. He, <laughs> what if what if they did? Uh, like the <laughs> This Mag- is not going to be good. <laughs> Mag- Whatever you're about to say, I know is not going to be good, but go ahead. <laughs> the MacGruber scene. There you go. <laughs> then Riggs heads over to Murtaugh's house and. I love this. I love this. It's a great, and this is, you've talked about movies before that lose you in the last 30 minutes. This is a movie that kept me the whole time and then gave me a kiss on the forehead before I went to bed. Riggs walks up to Murtaugh's house. It's Christmas Eve, knocks on the door, says, you know, his daughter answers, which like they're bonded for life. He saved her life. He says, I got a present for your dad. And it's the bullet with a bow wrapped on it. He says, he'll know what it means. He leaves. As he's leaving, Murtaugh runs out and was like, you can't leave me here with, uh, with terrible, Trisha's terrible turkey <laughs> and their family. Yeah. Like, it's really like. And he brings Sam the dog in. He brings Sam the dog yeah. in. When he goes inside and you hear the dog attacking the cat. Oh, yeah. Murtaugh <laughs> does the most dad thing ever. He looks up at his lights and sees that one bulb is out and twists it to fix the light. Oh, that's great. It's such, a, that. oh, it's such a dad move. Yeah. And I think that's when he also says, I'm I'm too old for this. I don't think he swears, though. I think he just says, I'm too old for this. At it's the a end. wonderful ending. Max Lethal Weapon. We just did it. Heartwarming. Beautiful. Yeah. And on that note, why don't we kick it on over to our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight? 
Max, this week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is none other than our Iceman Patreon, Johnny Smith. I think he likes John. I'm, I'm going with Johnny because we're an 80s podcast, and anyone from, with Johnny the exception Dangerous of John Lee. Rambo, for yeah. the exception of Rambo, although Johnny Rambo sounds really cool. <laughs> Johnny Rambo. John Smith. My friend, your friend, friend of the show, and uh, we reached out and said, "What do you, what do you feel about Lethal Weapon?" And uh, I'm kind of curious to see what he had to say. Hey guys, huge fan of the show. Thanks for having me on. I love Lethal Weapon. It's the best buddy cop movie ever, in my opinion. Riggs and Murtaugh are probably the perfect complement to each other. It's hilarious, action packed, and I've watched it countless times. If I had to pick a favorite scene, I'd probably go with the handcuff jumping off the building scene with Riggs. Thanks again, guys. Well, that was short, sweet, and to the point. He's a man of few words. He's right, though. It is a great scene. <laughs> Except for the damn handcuff not being connected. I'll get over it. I can't get over it's it. It's a great jump. That's like in, uh, what is it, in Commando, when you can see Sully's leg on the cord when he's being hung over the side. Yeah. Like, I thought Schwarzenegger was strong enough to actually hold him. And it kind or of, the end of Team Wolf. <laughs> That's 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 not a that's not a that's blooper. A that's not a blooper. That's that's a, a man hanging his genitals out of his pants. Win in the end. God, you're a moron. Max, that wraps up our first show of the year, season three. We're back. Well, I'm mad. You're black. I'm bad. No, I'm crack. All right, there you go. That's good. That's actually a good lethal up and two reference. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> I have nothing else to say other than please, if you haven't already, subscribe, follow, hit those buttons. Just press every button on your phone. Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcast. Leave a review at Buzz in the Tower on social media. Patreon.com backslash Buzz in the Tower or forward slash. I don't remember. It's a slash. It's a it's slasher. A, you can search Buzz in the Tower. Patreon. You can. Yeah. B U Z Z N. Max, how do you want to end this show? You got something lined up? Did you do your research? Are you ready to put something out there that the people are going to like to end our Lethal Weapon episode? Yeah. Sometimes I think about eating a bullet when I work with you. <laughs> what did one shepherd say to the other shepherd? Oh, God. What is this one? Let's get the flock out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> How could you not end with that really one? really good. Max, I'll see you next week. Bye. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.